It is Friday afternoon, 12 p.m. Central Time, and you know what time that is. It is the Friday 15. I am Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews, and today I have on our lovely co-host, Lori Spears, the co-owner or the owner and CEO of Lavarte Travel. Welcome, Lori. And thank you. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Love doing Friday 15 with you. It's my favorite. <laughs> well, you know, Lori, a few weeks back was very busy because she was in Italy um, having a fabulous time with a couple other advisors and touring around. So I'm glad you were able to join us this week. And um, we we actually have a good question. Maybe I'll start with um, our first question, Lori, and I'm going to switch them up on you. But um, okay. let's see. Oh, no, no, this is the right one. Okay, so our first question comes in from Steve. And Steve is asking, really enjoy the podcast. I'm always surprised how much I learn every week in such a short time. So happy to hear that, Steve. Yeah. Um, my question is, what percentage of revenue would you suggest newer agents allocate to business-related travel expenses, like FAMs, conferences, content generation trips, using travel agent rates, et cetera? I feel like traveling and promoting my trips would help my business grow, but my eyes are bigger than my wallet. So I want to budget an appropriate amount um, so that I can grow and be profitable. Um, also, what kind of business travel would you recommend prioritizing for newer agents still on a limited budget? All right. So Lori, what are your thoughts on what do you usually with new advisors coming in? What do you share with them about how, how much they should be spending and how often they should be going out their first year? Well, I think it was a great question, a mm -hmm. great question to ask yourself and to think about and write it down and, you know, have an answer for yourself. The first year, you're not going to make that much money. It's not going to be your most profitable year. So, but it's a year I always tell my advisors of education and networking. Yeah. So to start out with, what's your specialty? Are you specializing more towards a cruise industry? Are you specializing more for land and tours? Because there's some great opportunities out there for you to network and get educated. I suggest Cruise 360, Cruise World, where you can get educated, attend those uh, different conferences. You can even do site inspections. So you can look at the different ships while you're there, learn and meet different suppliers that you want to have a relationship with. Um, and if you're more towards land, uh, doing maybe all-inclusives, Fun and Sun, Delta University is really good. And ALG's Ascend is a really good one to go to. And both those that I mentioned so far are going to give you education and networking and seeing some uh, different properties. A lot, both of those will do uh, some, while well, on Ascend, you have the opportunity to do some fans before and after. Yeah. And even at Delta University, you're going to have the different, different resorts there so you can learn about them. Also, I really believe in engagement with your host agency. So if your host agency is doing a boot camp or a fam trip, you definitely want to at least get to one of their sponsored events a year as well. Mm -hmm. So that's going to keep you busy right there. But those are going to be good educational and networking events that will show you profit down the road. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm going to agree with everything Lori says there, Steve. It's really about um, kind of prioritizing what you think is going to be most valuable for you and getting the most bang for your buck. So I'm going to share my screen again because I, I talk about this a lot, but our events calendar, if on the homepage you go to the event calendar, 
this is a great place to look at things. So you'll find like Clea Cruise 360. You'll find um, oh, Apple. I learn something new every time we do one of these. <laughs> Lynn was just telling me before we came on. She's like, oh, I learned so much about um, like using the search bar. I go there now all the time and use the search bar when I have questions. I'm like, great. <laughs> I just want to tell everyone listening, if you have any question at all about a host agency or anything, go to the site, put it in the search bar, and she's going to have information there for you for sure. It's magical. Okay. So yeah, here we can see Delta Vacations University. So Steve, if you're like specializing in kind of sun and fun destinations, Delta Vacations University is amazing or Apple Ascend um, because it's, you get to speak to so many vendors, so many destinations. There's so much training. It's a lot of bang for your buck versus let's say you're maybe doing honeymoons and destination weddings. Um, there's, there's one here. Let me go up on the top. And if I um, go into the category and go to fam trip, um, you can see like the, let's see, the world romance travel. That one is going on November 7th, and it has FAMs pre and post that you can go to. So you can get education, plus get to see multiple areas or different resorts. Um, and I, I would also 100% be on board with Lori about going to your host agency's events, because those uh, relationships and getting to know the team and how to work the systems is really important. Um, two other resources I want to bring up for actually one Two other I'm going to bring up for this, Steve. So um, the first one is if you're not aware of our travel agent rates article, if you type in travel agent rates, you'll see there's an article for a list of 20, 200 plus travel agent rates. It's a PDF download. Um, it's really great if you're kind of wondering where you can get an, a deal and what the deal is with different vendors um, for the download. So that's one thing to look at. The other one I wanted to do is um, if you've never been to a travel conference, it can be a little bit, they're overwhelming and it's good to plan in advance because so much is happening. So this is a great article, um, five ways to make your travel conference count that can help you think ahead of what your goals are. Um, and I would, there's a little worksheet for you and I would really recommend reading through this before you go um, to any of your conferences. So especially if you're newer to it. Um, and we'll put those links, all the links to the events that Lori has talked about, as well as these resources in the show notes. So hopefully that helps you out, Steve. Um, oh, great information, Steph. Great. I love you that. Too, Lori. This reasons. is so fun. I love that. It's actually, it's a really great resource for someone that's newer and is super overwhelmed. And it's like, what do I do when I'm at this event? I'm like, my fire hose of information to my brain, but do I also want to meet up with people separately? It can just really help you organize and get the most bang for your buck while you're there. Yes, I'm using that. See, listen, Steve and everyone else that's listening. <laughs> I'm a veteran, okay? I have 40 years in this industry and I'm going to read that and I'm going to use that. So this is how good this information is. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lori. Thanks for helping promote this. I really appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and if you are new and tuning into this, make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel or uh, to the or to the podcast if you're listening to it. Um, you know, every Friday, 12 p.m. Central Time, we go through questions. So let's see. Let's move into our next one, Lori. This one comes from Kelly. There's a couple different questions in here, and it gets a little bit complicated. But big picture is Kelly is moving from Texas to Wisconsin. 
not sure the best way to approach moving the travel agency. So a lot of the clients will be in Texas, but of course she's hoping to pick up some new clients in Wisconsin. So the research that she's doing so far is telling her that one, she can dissolve the Texas LLC, open a new one in Wisconsin. Two, she can domesticate or convert her current Texas LLC um, as a way of transferring between states, but keeping her information. Not exactly sure on that one. But yeah. three, registers a foreign business in uh, Wisconsin and run and pay for both um, registrations, business registrations in Wisconsin, in Texas. Um, she's wondering if there's any specific way, like route she should take as a travel agency specific, if there's any benefits to being in one state or the other. So let's start with this first question. Does my business need to remain with my primary residence since I'm an online only agency? Could I keep my business registered in Texas, even though I won't live there anymore? Lori, any experience as a Texan with this? I know. First of all, I'm going to ask you, why are you leaving Texas? And going to <laughs> okay. I'm going to say, why are you going to Wisconsin and not to Minnesota? We've got a lot of questions here for you, Kelly. No, I came from Wisconsin to Texas, so I can really say that. <laughs> but um, I think that I don't have a lot of experience with this, to be honest, but I think you have to be registered where you live, where your address is, where your business address is. If you're an online agency, you still have a corporate address. So you're, you're, I know a lot of companies that are registered in other states, mm -hmm. not where they're at. So it, it really depends on your state. I personally would go to a tax person and ask them a, a question about this just to be sure. Um, but I do know a lot of online businesses that aren't always registered in the same state they're in. Mm -hmm. But a lot of brick and mortars are. So th this is a hard one. I would really get professional advice on it. But yeah, Kelly. Yeah, chat with your chat with your tax person um, just in case there's a big tax advantage. But the general rule, the way I understand it, is that wherever you're a legal resident, um, so every state is going to have like you need to be living here, spending overnight like more than half the year or whatever it is. Um, so check out the residency requirements for Wisconsin as well as Texas to see which one you would qualify for. And then you need to register your state in the one that you are a resident of because that's where you're going to be paying your taxes. There's different things if you're set up with, um, you know, like a corporation or you could also set them up like, for instance, in Minnesota, our taxes are quite a bit higher for businesses versus South Dakota. So I could technically have set up and come up, I'm forgetting the, the name they have it, but you essentially have someone take your mail for you, a registered yes. agent, they're called. Yes, a registered agent. I was going to tell you that. It, that's the only way. So they have some type of that you're there. Yeah, like that's your office. Um, yeah. But it's a lot of work and I'm not sure it's worth it for all the hassle, especially as you're just getting started, um, because I think the financial benefits really start kicking in when you're a a larger company um, and have a lot of income coming in in terms of taxes. Um, oh, and here there's another question in here that snuck in here with Kelly. So am I allowed to do business with clients in multiple states outside of the one I am registered in? Lori. Well, I know the answer to that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yes, you can, but you have to get registered as a seller of travel in any state that requires it. And there's five that require it. 
and 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 it it's a little bit of work. Uh, Florida, California, uh, Iowa, Washington State, and Hawaii. So you have to make sure that you have a seller of license in all of those states in order to sell travel to anyone in that state. Mm-hmm. And and there and even out of our country, like you really can't sell to people in Ca- in Canada unless you're TICO qualified, and that's a whole other thing too. So just within the United States, you do have to go through, and you probably have a great link. I'm sure I do. I do. Yeah, <laughs> it tells you where to go talking. for all of those because it is it, it takes a little time. It's a little work to get registered, but it's not impossible, and it's not anything that you can't do. If you have a long online agency, you should definitely do this in all those states. Yes, definitely. Um, if you're selling the the technical rule of law is if you're selling to anyone that's a resident in any of these seller of travel states registrations, you need to have one either through your host agency or on your own. So I'm going to put this link in. Um, If you go up in the search bar and just type in license, it'll pull up all the information you need to know on the states. Now, one of the things, Lori, so you mentioned Iowa, which is Iowa has always been like really funny because they charge like $15 per year. And it's like, I don't even think anyone runs the office. Um, I don't know how they're making money off $15. I think all of them are very funny, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Iowa, they actually dropped there. So it's no longer a requirement there, which is great because I was like, it's wonderful. Yeah. I was like, I think it's costing them more to run this program than it is to actually have it. So there's just four states with it. Um, All the information's in here that you can take a look at, Kelly. and if you have questions, of course, you can drop them in the comments of the blog or, of course, well, write good. it. I know I don't have to do Iowa anymore. You know, um, <laughs> saving $15. Also, it all helps. $15. But if your host agency has these, you're covered. So just know that as well. Although Florida requires you, your ICs, or if you are an IC, to register individually as well. Mm-hmm. So it's just good to know the rules and your host agency should provide those for you. Yes, it gets a little complicated, Kelly, but read through that article. It'll give you the details, especially if you're wanting to use your hosts and what you need to do if you want to use your host agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Okay, I'm going to sneak in one more question, even though we're almost at 15. All right. So this last one comes from Kara or Cara. So they ask, your website has been extremely helpful in my journey of becoming a travel agent. Yay. Yay. Um, I just have one question. I'm still trying to find the perfect host for me. I've read all the top listed agencies, but I was wondering, is going with one of the smaller, lesser known agencies a bad idea? Do the lesser known agencies have the same pull or advantages as the big known agencies? I'm starting out a small travel agent as a side gig for friends and family and some of the bigger agencies um, ask for a lot of money and that is just hard for me to commit to. Lori, like, first of all, let's start with where would you kind of classify Lavarte as a small, large? I think that we're medium. And that's one of the things I was going to say. It's not just small and big. There is medium. And how are you judging that? Because number of ICs, there are some lower number of ICs, but still very connected. Instead of saying pooler advantages, maybe we should say connected and having the right travel partner relationships Mm -hmm. that it would give you a value add as an IC. So it doesn't necessarily 
you can't really necessarily base that on a size. You need to base it on the host individually. Are they doing the right things to align their travel partners to give their ICs the best value, advantages, and everything that they can bring? For example, I'm really honored that I'm attending GIVC, which is with Charisma Resorts as a top producer. By Lavarte being that, or that we're ALG uh, elite, by Lavarte being that, it brings more value to the ICs, just higher commission, better networking connections, better um, access to fans, better access lines. to fans. Yes, great. Thank you. And lots of lots of different of a phone line that we get through a lot quicker on. That's a big thing. So yes, yeah, so you want to make sure they have structured the host agency. Doesn't matter the size, with the right partnerships and and lining themselves and trying to get uh, ahead of that crowd and and like it could only be two or three of the ICs that sell a lot of a product that gets them there. So it doesn't really always matter on size. Yeah, it is. That's a really great point. It can be a little misleading uh, because if there's uh, a host agency that's very focused on selling Disney or they love, say, celebrity cruises, um, or Apple, all they sell is Apple. Like some of the agencies in the Midwest are very strong with say Apple or Delta because of the gateways that they're in. So that's pretty much all they're selling. Um, and they can be at a much higher rate than an agency that technically has more sales because they're very focused on what they're selling. So I would, um, as you're kind of looking, Kara, I would say that asking, figuring out what you would like to sell and asking your potential host agencies. Do they have any awards or certificates with that as like a top producing agency? What are their commission levels with with those different suppliers? And that'll really help you get a better feel for if they're going to be able to give you any pull. Um, because you could also have very large mainstream agencies that just don't do ultra luxury. And if you have, you know, somebody maybe sailing on Silver Seas or something along those lines, right. they may only have like 15 sales a year with that versus a luxury focused agency could have way better connections, a lot more sales with it, higher commissions. Um, so so it's not only about the size, it's what is what what is the pool you need to align with what you're going to sell to? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So hopefully that helps you out, Kara. Um, and next week is we are going to be off for Labor Day because it's it's a it's a long weekend and it's going to be really fun. And as much as I love our Friday 15s together, I would much rather be out playing before the weather turns cold here in Minnesota. So, Lori, I know I think you're going to be back um, one of the next coming months. Uh, well, anyhow, I, I don't think we have it on the calendar yet, but. You know, if people want to learn more about Lavarte or have some questions they'd like to pick your brain with since you've been an industry vet for so long, uh, how would you, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Absolutely. First, I'd like you to visit the website. And I'm just going to do my quick little commercial, LavarteTravel.com. Lavarte is e-travel spelled backwards. So you can never forget how to spell it. E-travel spelled backwards. Yeah, and, But it also has a meaning. It means to lift up. And our mission statement is lifting you up in your travel career. So LavarteTravel.com, you can find out all about us as your host agency. And also you can email us support at LavarteTravel.com. Our phone number's on that website as well. We'll take calls. We'll talk to you any way you want to. 
see if and we're a good fit. It's it's worth mentioning too. Well, this is the end of AGC, but when this is going to be airing, Lori and I will both be at Asta's AGC out in San Francisco. So if you're there, keep an eye out for Lori too, and you could corner her and ask her a question. Absolutely. I'd love it. Please do. <laughs> Perfect. Well, we'll put the link into your website as well as the email if anybody is interested in the show notes. And Lori, thank you for joining us. Thank you everyone for tuning in and we will see you not next week, but the following week. All right. Thank you. And goodbye. Bye.